Okay, we are going to have just an introductory message, just kind of, kind of a one of those reasons why we're doing this kind of messages. I find it's helpful to kind of get your minds working and thinking about why you need to hear the specific series we're going to go through um, for the next couple of weeks. It's not, it's not even going to take the whole semester. I just want to talk about something just right up to winter retreat. And then kind of after that, maybe a few weeks here, or there, we'll see how far it goes. But um, before we get into it, let's pray really quick. Father God in heaven, we are thankful to be here in this room, um, packed out and praising you. We are thankful to praise you through song and we're thankful to praise you and even how we hear your word being preached. And we pray that you would make our hearts receptive to hear your word and to be changed through it. We pray all this in your son, Jesus' name tonight. Amen. We were young. We were young. We were in love. The world was our oyster. Just kidding. We didn't know much about house hunting, but when you're newly married, it doesn't matter what kind of place you find. What matters is that you're together. We said to ourselves, we can go anywhere. We can bring this party to any street, any house, upstairs, downstairs, basement, attic. It doesn't matter where we are. If it's a good price, we'll make a home there. This, of course, was myself and Serena almost 10 years ago this May. Pretty exciting, pretty exciting time. Um, And we did find this glorious little flat. And for those of you that don't know what a flat is, it's an upstairs. It's an upstairs of a two-story house that uh, wasn't meant to be a split uh, residence. You were supposed to have the same family on uh, the downstairs and the upstairs. So it wasn't built for, you know, know, really important things like noise-canceling walls and things like that. But it was a beautiful little upstairs place. It had these beautiful wooden floors, which we discovered later made a lot of noise. It had these ornate windows, big picture windows, and these like beautiful like decorations, like small little windows, uh, not like French style, but just kind of just decorated windows that just looked glorious in the spring. And we discovered later in the wintertime that they let in a lot of cold air, uh, 20 below zero in Wisconsin, not fun. Um, we found this, just it had this beautiful kitchen, nothing in it except this huge porcelain sink, like one of those old school sinks. You know, just like there's, there's no division between the sinks, just one big wide sink. We're like, wow, this is so cool. We discovered later that was a pain because there was no counter space at all in this kitchen. Uh, this thing had a larder, which for those of you that don't know what a larder is, it's a room where you keep food in apparently, which was the only admittedly cool part of this house. Uh, but you know what? This, when we first saw the house, it was so beautiful. We were like, man, we're going we're to make a, a wonderful home out of this house. We're going to stay here as long as we can. Um, it only had one small problem. No, it wasn't the floor. We discovered that later. It wasn't the windows. We discovered that later. It wasn't the downstairs tenant, which we also discovered later. Uh, she was bed bound <laughs> on a floor that constantly made noise. Uh, it was a smell, a horrible smell. 
the person that lived there before us apparently smoked 20 packs a day because there were mounds of, of cigarettes everywhere in every single room. But we were in love. We were young. We we're like, we can do this. We'll just clean it up. We love those wood floors and those windows so much. So we're going to clean up this place. We're going to take out all of that. We're going to repaint the walls. It's going to be beautiful. And we did that. But the smell didn't go away. The smell was still there. It smelled terrible. And this brings up a little bit of a, a little thing i got to tell you. It's a scientific phrase. It is called olfactory fatigue. Anybody ever hear of that? Did you know that you cannot smell yourself? No, you, you have terrible smell. I was standing next to a few of you, and you smell <laughs> terrible. But you don't know. Because your nose has this sensory where it shuts off annoying sense, uh, senses after a while. Otherwise, you'd just be overwhelmed and you couldn't smell anything else. It's kind of a blessing in disguise. It's a curse for everybody around you, but it's a blessing to you because you can't smell yourself. So we would stand in this house and after a while, you know, it doesn't smell so bad, Serena. I, I can't really smell that smell anymore. But then we'd leave and come back and, oh, there's that smell again. We had to do some massive work to get rid of that smell. And it didn't just work that we got rid of everything. We had to do other things as well. And I just want to tell you that to say tonight, did you know that you can come, become very used to the smell of yourself and your sin? You can become very used to it. And sometimes it's not very annoying to you because you become used to your sin. Uh, this, this winter, for a few weeks, we are going to be looking at the great benedictions of the New Testament. These are, these are little portions in your Bible, particularly in the New Testament letters, where Paul um, kind of, well, we'll explain it, but he, he, he makes these declarations of praise. And, and why are we doing this? I'm going to give you a short answer, and I'm going to give you a definition for what a benediction is, and then I'm going to give you a long answer for why we're doing this. So the short answer is basically this. You need these benedictions because in these benedictions, you can preach the gospel to yourself every single day. You need these benedictions because you need to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Your heart becomes very accustomed to hardness, and you need to constantly warm and soften it through rejoicing in Christ Jesus every single day. There was this quote I read in this book that I thought was really helpful, and this is the quote. Any area where we struggle with sin and unrighteousness is an area of coldness in our soul. Any area where we struggle with sin and unrighteousness is an area of coldness of soul. Or you could pull in my analogy of, you know, you lose your smell. Your, your heart is a little bit cold. And that reflects an idea about sin, right? Sin thrives, th sin thrives in coldness, hard-heartedness. Sin thrives when you are spiritually fatigued, when you are bored. Sin thrives. Sin loves skepticism. Sin loves disbelief and unbelief. Sin loves distance. Sin loves you to have this heart of distance towards people in your life, toward the Word of God in your life. And these benedictions are given to us to cause our heart to soften to everything. To God to obedience. So basically, you need to hear, you need to hear, believe, and obey the gospel every single day of your life because your heart needs to be softened, needs to be warmed. 
There is a coldness of soul that is damaging to you, where sin thrives in. And you need the gospel to soften your heart. So let's talk about what is a benediction. Well, once again, a benediction is often found in these these letters of Paul. Um, I'll give you a dictionary flashy definition, and then I'll give you my definition, which is cooler in my world. Uh, so a, 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 a dictionary definition is this. It is an utterance of blessing often spoken at the conclusion of a sermon or a letter. You, you hear that every single Sunday, right? It's a, a benediction, a word of blessing, or maybe a prayer to you. Uh, my definition is a little bit more simple. We'll say it like this. Uh, a benediction is an expulsive declaration of joy and blessing from revealed truth. It is an expulsive declaration of joy and blessing from a revealed truth. It is, it is a response to God's word. God's truth revealed. It is a response of joy in your blessedness. It's a response of saying, oh, how blessed am I, or oh, how blessed you are if these things are true of you. And I use that fancy Puritan word there, expulsive. Uh, Expulsive refers to something that expels or removes or kicks out. It It is an affection that builds up in you that drives out sin and coldness of heart. Uh, basically, all it is is uh, a benediction is a, a word of blessing, a word of, of declared blessing about your great state that you are in if you are in Christ Jesus. And this is what we want because we want to hear the word of God in the gospel every single day. Or to say it this way, the coldness of your soul needs to be served an eviction notice daily by basking in the blessedness of your position in Christ. You need to kick out sin and the heart of sin that is in you through the gospel daily. And that's what we want to talk about through these benedictions. So that's, that's my short answer. That's my short definition. Let's go into just four reasons, four reasons why we should read and learn about um, Christ through these benedictions. And I'm going to give you basically four words, four reasons, four words for why. Uh, word number one, these benedictions are needed. These are needed. I've already kind of told you why they're needed, but let me say it a different way. Second Timothy 3, 16-17 says this, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. This is the go-to passage, 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, for every reason for why you preach a message. I don't know if you notice this, but Pastor Steve is always talking about this whenever he's telling you you need to learn, listen to a sermon. So I'll just steal his reason, number one. You need it because you need all Scripture. But notice what it says, right? You need it to be complete. There is a completeness to your sanctification that you need from these passages of Scripture. And and notice it results in good works, right? Scripture, all Scripture is given to you to result in good works. They are needed. That's the first word. The second word is these benedictions, these, these declarations of praise, these utterances of praise that are found at the end of epistles are packed. They're not just needed, they're also packed. And this is probably one of the reasons that really draws my heart to them. 
They, they are filled with glorious truths about Christ. Um, and, I'll, and I'll illustrate this. This is, this is often why we miss out on these things. Let's say you are reading through, you, you started a reading plan, you say, I'm going to read through all of Romans in a week. I'm going to take, you know, three chapters Monday, I'm going to take three chapters Tuesday, and you, you've worked it all out, so you're going to read through all of Romans. And if you're, you're at the end of the week, and you're really excited because you're in Romans 15 and 16, you've been working on this all week. And what do you do? By the end of the letter, right? You read faster and faster and faster because you're so excited and you always kind of skim, right? You skim that last little part. You're like, oh, that's just where he says goodbye, thanks, see ya. <laughs> right? And we, we so often skip over these parts, but they're dense and they're filled with wonderful truths that we need to be chewing over and carefully considering. And that's why I want to spend some time looking into it. Just for example, turn in your Bibles to Romans 16. So let's, let's go to that passage that you're always skipping. And notice how packed it is. Romans 16, all the way at the end, after Paul says hello to all these people that you've never met, he concludes with this thing which in my Bible is called a doxology, and it's also called a benediction. This will give you an example of what a benediction is. Uh, Romans 16, verse 25. Romans 16, verse 25. Paul says this at the end of this glorious letter. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages, but has now been disclosed and through the prophetic writings has been made known to all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God. Be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. That is packed. Matter of fact, do you know exactly what's going on in there? That's very, very kind of dense, and the, the grammar's a little bit tricky there, too. This deserves some time to think through and chew. What, what exactly is Paul saying here? We should spend some time looking at that. It is packed, and we'll actually get into Romans 16 next week and talk about that. And, and also, another reason, these are, these are packed, but, but another reason under that idea of packed Paul often packs or repacks the entire message of his letter into these little closing declarations, these benedictions. So if you kind of understand, I've got a theory that I'm going to work on throughout this next couple of weeks. If you understand these benedictions, you'll have a really good handle on what the letter itself is saying. Now, I have a, a, a passionate urgency in my ministry. I pray for you guys all the time when I'm preaching, and it is this, that you'll understand the Word of God so that you will be transformed by it. So I get excited about this, right? I want you to understand what Romans is about. I want you to understand what First Thessalonians is about. I want you to understand what Jude is about. I want you to understand what Hebrews is about, and I think we'll have a clue from the very end of these letters. They are packed. A third word. A third word for why we need the benedictions. Not only are they needed, not only are they packed, but they are also sweet. These benedictions are packed densely with theology that is sweet to your heart and to your soul. 
It is something you desperately need. Remember that house that smelled so bad that we got so used to, but that still smelled bad and we were kind of nervous to bring friends and family to? It wasn't enough just to remove all of the ashes. It wasn't even enough to paint over the walls with new, fresh paint. We had to do something else. We had to bring in new smells. We had to move in furniture. We had to move in candles. We had to move in new smells. It's not enough to just remove and repent of things. Repentance is not complete if you're not replacing it with new actions, new attitudes, new behaviors. And that's what we want to do. We want to fill our hearts and our minds with the sweet truths of Jesus Christ in the gospel. You need to repent of anger. You need to repent of bitterness. You need to repent of lust. But you cannot fully, completely repent until you are putting on new attitudes that are transformed by the gospel. And that's what we want to do through these benedictions. We want to put on things, sweet truths. I want to tell you a few things about how these these benedictions are sweet. They're sweet because... Uh, True theology is transformational. When something is sweet to you, it is transformational. Do you want, I'm going to ask you a couple questions, do you want confidence in the gospel? Do you you want to be unashamed of the gospel in your life? Where you have certainty and surety of the gospel's power? Well, then you, my friend should really learn and understand the benediction at the end of Romans 16. It's about the wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you want joy and urgency in sanctification and following after Jesus? Do you want joy and urgency in that? Well, then you, my friend, need to learn and understand the benediction at the end of 1 Thessalonians. Do you want to look forward to seeing Jesus one day? Look forward with such joy and excitement that sin itself loses its grip on your heart and on your life. Well, then you, my friend, need to learn and understand the benediction in Jude. Do you want a life in which Christ dwells? Not just where Christ is present, but he is dwelling. Where Christ is clearly in charge, where sin has been put out of your life, whereas Ephesians 3 says you need strength to understand the height and the depth and the the width and the glorious truth of the love of God, Where, where Christ is so present in your life that you need his strength to just continually get your arms around him because he is so wonderful to you. You need Ephesians 3. Those are the things we want to talk about. We want to talk about things that you know. We want to understand these things because true theology is transformational. All of those benedictions have theology packed in them, but it is theology meant to transform you. And true theology is transformational because it is also affectional. That's a big Puritan word again, affectional. True theology gets into your affections and transforms them. It bends your will towards obedience to Christ. 
Instead of being stubborn, instead of being cold, your heart is soft and willing and you want to obey Jesus. He dwells in your heart and in your life. Knowledge will not be transformational in your life until it is transformed into worship. And that's, that's what these benedictions are. They're really just praises to God. They're, they are thanksgivings to God. They, they are to cause you in your heart to praise God, to thank Him, to rejoice in the gospel. That's what these are for. And these will transform your entire life. Worship is the key to a transformed life. Do you want to get better at school? Make it an act of worship. Do you want to get better in your devotional life? Make it an act of worship. Do you want to do better in your household chores? Make them an act of worship. Do you want to transform your pursuit of Christ and holiness and sanctification? Make it an act of worship. Thanksgiving. These passages are sweet and they're meant to drive out that coldness of soul that sin wants to use and take advantage of. Fill your heart with these sweet truths. And one final word, one really short word for why we need these benedictions. These benedictions are prayers. I've been kind of beating around the bush on this, but really that's what they are. They're, they're prayers. They're kind of Paul letting you into his life of prayer. This is how I am praying for you in response to all this truth that I just told you about. Him pleading that they would know the the breadth and the depth of the love of God. Him pleading that the Lord Jesus Christ would keep them, right? Him pleading that they would be strengthened according to God's power to, to know these things. These are prayers. And I always get excited about the prayers of the Bible because they show me how to pray. They show me where I can pray. They, they guide me. Wow, I didn't know I could pray about that. Wow, I didn't know I could pray for that. These are, these are prayers, and they're helpful to us. So those are the four basic words, the four reasons why we want to study these benedictions. Once again, we're going to be studying Romans 16. We're going to be studying 1 Thessalonians 5. We're going to be studying Jude. Jude doesn't have chapters. It just has one big, long one chapter. So Jude, you know, it's really exciting when you say one chapter like that, right? We're going to be studying Hebrews. Very, very exciting things. But I want to ask you this simple question. Do you love to worship Christ because of the gospel? Do you love to respond to the gospel with worship? Let me ask you this question. Is your will softened by the truth of the gospel, right? You were an enemy of God. And he, well, you were an enemy. Reconciled you. Brought you to himself through the death of Jesus Christ. Does that soften your heart and lead you to worship? Do you have any cold areas of your soul that need to be addressed with the gospel? How are you doing with that? Those are the kinds of questions I have for you in small group. But let's pray now, and then we're going to sing one more song. Father God in heaven, we are thankful for this time that we get to think about your word and your truth in this worship format. We pray that our affections and our hearts would be drawn to you, that we would uh, drive out sin in our life and replace it with the sweet truths of the gospel. We pray all this in Jesus' name tonight. Amen.